Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomensocialclub.co. And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click start your own chapter. We'll see you soon and let's get to the show. Ninety percent of my work is educational. It's teaching people who may not have ever experienced poverty or adversity about the privilege, you know, and honor of what it is to be able to go to Target and spend a hundred dollars on deodorant yes. and pads. To all my hustlers, dreamers, love dealers, I'm that kind of girl. Work hard, play hard, for my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women-supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends and our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC, and today's guest is Shernetta Harrell, founder and executive director at the No Woman, No Girl Initiative. I met Shernetta back in May of 2021, where she spoke at a WSC event, and she did such a fantastic job of telling her story and her why for starting her nonprofit. I had to find an excuse to have another conversation with her and learn a little bit more. We'll get into what No Woman, No Girl is all about in a few minutes. But for Shernetta, she's always been passionate about supporting those who need help. If you know anything about Nash County in Eastern North Carolina, um, the resources there are very minimal. You know, you kind of either you sink or you swim. And so community service has always kind of been a part of who I am. Um, my grandmother was a nurse. She was an RN. She was dedicated to the community um, as well as my mom. And so throughout my childhood, um, I had a lot of adversity. Um, and I knew that when I became an adult as a woman, I wanted to do something greater. I wanted to give back. I wanted to help, you know, other girls like me who may, you know, be struggling. Shernetta went to Shaw University in Raleigh, where she continued to stay involved in the community, and she even started a group called Shaw, or Shernetta Helping All Women. She ended up going to Alabama A&M to get her Master's of Social Work. And when she came back to Raleigh to start her career, she was thrown into the fire right away. I was fresh out of graduate school. I just wanted a job. I was like, I'm going to save the world. Like, wherever, whatever y'all need me to do, like, yeah. I'm going to do it. And so, <laughs> um, so I started off as a case manager. Uh, I had a caseload. I had like 50 people. I was super overwhelmed. I was young. Wow. I was green. Um, I had little experience. And from there, you know, I became a supervisor. I became a director. You know, I really just really came compassionate about not just women and children, but anyone who felt marginalized, anyone who felt vulnerable. And then I expanded my work to more kind of a macro level, kind of more groups and organizations, looking at systems, structures, and policy, really. Um, you know, I think at one point I kind of got tired of kind of this individual direct work yes. and really wanted to look more into 
how do we fix this? Yeah. Why Why is this a, a ongoing problem? And so then I went to the school, went to the school level, loved it. But then I found myself kind of like, kind of seeing these same issues. Right. And so then no woman, no girl came. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so tell me about that. Was there like this exact aha moment mm. where you just knew what to do, the need that you were trying to meet? Yeah. So when I think back to um, even my personal experiences as a kid, um, you know, my grandmother had breast cancer. Um, my mom is a cancer survivor. And I remember as a single mom, my mother, you know, kind of falling on hard times financially. And I remember asking myself, you know, why aren't these essentials or why aren't these things? Why are they so expensive? You know, why do we have to spend hundreds of dollars, you know, on these things when someone is, you know, having cancer? Then as a social worker, 90 percent of my work was in people's homes, going into the community, being embedded, seeing how people live. And I remember I've heard hundreds of stories of Miss Renetta, I haven't washed my hair in months. You know, Miss Renetta, can I just get a toothbrush for tonight? Miss Harold, you know, my period is on and I'm using tissue. Right. So all of these stories. And in 2021, at the height of COVID, these same issues that I was seeing prior to the pandemic just grew demonstratively. I mean, it, it went from, you know, hey, Miss Harrell, I don't have a toothbrush to, hey, I don't, you know, I haven't brushed my teeth in months, you know. Yeah. And so it bothered me. You know, I, I, I went around Raleigh. I, I went around Durham. I said, you know, is there a nonprofit that's providing some long-term support for these women and children? And I couldn't find it. Like, mm -hmm. I couldn't find um, an agency or a charity that provided a long-term option for not just period products, but for everything that a woman or a child would need from head to toe. That's when it all started, February yes. of 2021. Yes. And yeah. did you, because of your background, I don't know a ton of details about starting a nonprofit yeah. versus like starting a business, mm. but I do know that it is extremely complicated. Yes. And it is a really big deal when you yes. get certified. Yes, it is. <laughs> so did you know, because of working with nonprofits before, did you feel like you had an idea of what that process looked like, like you knew where to start? Absolutely. So the great thing about relationships and, you know, networks and community is, you know, sometimes it just takes a phone call. Just being able to call somebody, hey, this is a problem I'm trying to solve. What do I need to do? Because I had already worked at a nonprofit, I was very familiar with just the basics, what I needed to have. So I had friends who were attorneys. I had friends who were CPAs, you know, and I was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I need help. The good thing, um, even though I have no idea why I started a nonprofit in, <laughs> in COVID, it was insane. But the good thing is that the IRS deemed this as an emergency. So we were able to get approved pretty quickly. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize because of not having to go through those specific challenges myself, when we met for mm -hmm. the first time and you were telling us about this, you were saying, my big thing is to challenge people. We have this list of daily essentials and it's on the No Woman, mm -hmm. No Girl website. You can go and see it. And it's quite long because yeah. your everyday essentials are everything you use yeah. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm just to live. Mm -hmm. So trying to stretch yourself to go 24, 36, 48 hours yeah. and getting to choose 
which items you want to remove and see mm-hmm. how that feels. Yeah. And I remember a group of us did it and um, what a privilege it is to be able to choose which items and what days you want to do it so it doesn't impact your life, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you really wrap your head around that. And it is very humbling mm-hmm. and demeaning mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. takes away your humanity. Yeah. People aren't going to want to talk to you and interact with you and treat you in a human way yeah. if you aren't up to scale on your hygiene. Right. And when that's not in your control, I had no idea yeah. that that need even existed. Yeah. So it's been exciting to learn about that, mm-hmm. knowing that you've created now systems yeah. in place for people to actually jump in and support. Yeah. With you building this, like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, it has grown tremendously so Mm -hmm. what started out as people donating for the needs then has turned into something bigger so tell us a little bit about that yeah so in February in 2021 I approached um, my pastor at that time about the idea I said hey I just need space we need a distribution site like a temporary distribution site just to store all of the essentials as referrals come in and at that time, he was like, yeah, Shanetta, I love it. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so here we are two years later, and we have like 100,000 essentials and 300 square feet, right? Wow. Um, and while that is amazing, and, you know, I would have never thought back then that we would have over 100,000 essentials, um, now we kind of have a bigger issue. In December of last year, I, well, not last year, but 2021. 2021. Yes. yes, I know. <laughs> Happy New Year, it everybody. All runs um, <laughs> um, I realized that we had to enter a campaign. I had, you know, a lot of nonprofit experience. And for the first year, I told my board I, and I told my advisory um, board, I said, you know, I don't want to raise money. All nonprofits do that. I want to spend the first year making sure that we're impacting the community making sure that we have exposure, making sure that our mission is clear, making sure that our structures, our metrics, that everything is, we have a baseline. Once I felt like we were there, once I felt like people understood, I said, okay, I I feel like we need to enter a campaign. I was still working a full-time job at the time. I'm married. I have a four-year-old, you know, and we were busting out the seams in this little 300 square foot you know children's ministry room and you know you've been there you've seen it the women's social club has been there and they've seen it and when people go in there they're like Shanetta how in the world are y'all operating like this yes (laughs) so the bringing hope campaign I wanted to enter a campaign that was not just about dollars I wanted to make sure that our campaign was about raising awareness 90 percent of my work is education It's teaching people who may not have ever experienced poverty or adversity about the privilege and, you know, an honor of what it is to be able to go to Target and spend $100 on deodorant and pads. So our Bringing Hope campaign um, is about partnerships, it's about essentials, and then it's about dollars. We have a goal of about 250 partners right here in Raleigh, and we have about 160 Wow. So that's 160 businesses. People like women's social clubs. Yes. 
<laughs> you know, who are like, hey, we'll host a drive. Hey, we'll come in and volunteer. Hey, you know, we'll host a fundraiser. Then we have an essentials goal because we can't do this work without product. And so um, about 95% of our distribution in our, in our inventory is from the community. So from day one, again, that's why my focus was community. Everything that you see, all of those essentials are from people like you all in the community who say, hey, I'll put a box outside my porch. I'll, you know, collect some essentials. And so that's our goal. And then, of course, we have a dollar goal. So that's our Bringing Hope campaign. And so one of the things that you do is you take these essentials and Mm -hmm. you put them in bags. So that was Mm -hmm. one of our things that we did when we came was we created these bags. Yep. How does that work? How does distribution work? When we first started, I didn't want these to be like these little like travel size, you know, items and it's cute and we just give it away. Right. Mm -hmm. The whole purpose of this organization is to provide long term support, right? Long-term relief to a woman or a family situation. What happens is um, I develop a medical team. So I got a medical team together. I said, hey, I need some OBs. I need some MDs. I need some dentists, some PAs. I need you guys to help me to think through, you know, how many tampons does a woman use based on clinical research that she needs for her period? How often should a young girl change her toothbrush, right? Yes. And when we ask people those questions, sometimes people don't know the answer. You know, I've worked with families who sometimes they, they've had the same toothbrush since they can, can remember. And sometimes it's access, but it's also education mm-hmm. too, right? How we developed how much product goes into each bag is 14 days, 30 days, and 90 days. 14 days being our emergencies, our crisis, 30 days being our outreach. We're going out to the community and 90 days is where our families have reached some form of stability, right? Like they got in housing, they've gotten some form of stability and they're able to um, sustain 90 days worth. Sometimes when I explain that, people are like, I don't understand. Like why, (laughs) you know, why 14, why 30, why 90? And the reality is like when we started, I asked some of my families, I said, hey, you know, if you're unhoused or if you're living in your car, what would you do with 90 days worth of essentials? And I would say, Ms. Shernana, I'm, I don't know what I would do with it because it's heavy. I can't walk around downtown with that. Right. So then we had to change our model and try to figure out, oh, OK, well, if someone's in crisis or they might be living on the street. They can't handle 90 days worth of essentials. So all of that. You know, which is why we had to get a medical team together. That is so crazy. That's so smart. Yeah. And to be asking people, asking the people that you are helping, like, how can we meet the need the best? Yeah. And I think that's amazing because you're not just trying to go off of, like, what you believe. Like, you're actually putting in the work to find out what people need and how they need it. Mm Mm-hmm. Take a break to tell you about our sponsor, Industrious. Industrious is your all-in-one solution for co-working, private offices, and on-demand meeting space. With over 160 locations globally, Industrious is committed to providing an unparalleled work experience, all-inclusive amenities, and flexible terms to support teams of all sizes and stages. 
Just like Women's Social Club, Industrious is all about community and connection, and maybe some happy hours as well. Head on over to industriousoffice.com and use promo code WSC for a free week of co-working. That's industriousoffice.com, promo code WSC. All right, let's get back to the show. So how can people get these bags? Like, how does that work? Do they come to you? Yeah, so um, right now we have um, two pathways of support is what we call it. First way is through our referrals. We have about 15 agency partners that we work with um, right here in Raleigh and Wake County downtown. These may look like homeless shelters, you know, some just to name a few are like Haven House, a place at the table, mental health agencies. These are all agency partners that we are directly serving, Uh, whether we are serving them through outreach or whether we're serving them through referrals. Those are the two primary ways that women and girls can access our services. So there is a place on the No Woman, No Girl website where people can donate funds directly Mm -hmm. to you. What does that look like in terms of amounts? So if someone were to donate $50, if someone were to donate $75 or $100, like what does that equate to? Yeah, so $66 actually covers really the price of a 14-day bag. $106 covers the price of a 30-day bag. Sometimes we do have to go out to purchase essentials when our referrals are overwhelming and we don't have the inventory. I also like to encourage people, we have what we call our monthly sustainers, our monthly key holders. These are the people who hold the keys to our mission. Um, They unlock it each month. And so we have people who um, donate $5 a month, whether it's $20 a month, really to cover our educational programming. Each time that Uh, We do a referral or each time we go out in the community, we have educational guides that go out. Printing is expensive. It is so, it's ridiculous. And so each time um, our monthly key holders support that program. Um, Ultimately, bigger picture, our Bringing Hope campaign is about opening our doors. So every dollar that is contributed to that campaign is about expanding our program this year. And how much does it typically cost? So you were saying the different levels of bags that you take out. So the three different levels, like roughly how much are each of those worth in terms of if people are donating? Yeah, so um, that's the cost. Yeah. So um, what we did did was we developed like an appraisal guide. Um, We went to Target with our pens and our notebooks. Yes. (laughs) And we did an appraisal amount on um, the cost of each item. And how it's like comparable value to other stores. Um, So that is the cost. So of all of those items based on the days. Wow. So the more product, of course, the more, you know, expensive it is. Yes. So and depending on the brand, right? Like it's just also depending on the brand. I'll also say um, our most needed item that we are always (laughs) in need of um, is lotion. Body lotion. Oftentimes when people think of someone in crisis or unhoused, they always think about brushing their teeth and taking, you know, a bath. I think there's some miseducation around like skin and dry skin and eczema. There's just a lot of health risks that are associated with just dry skin, especially Mm -hmm. in the wintertime. So body lotion is always a need for us. Is there a certain like type of lotion that people should stay away from like unscented would you prefer that like different things like that so we take it all okay. um, as long as it's new and packaged 
you know, again, that's kind of the purpose of us opening our doors because we want to give women a choice, right, of what they get. So just like we have a choice. Yes. And I know when we talked a while back, you had mentioned transportation, Mm -hmm. that being as you hone in and you really get involved in the community, instead of it feeling like you're conquering, it's like (laughs) the needs get bigger and it expands and then you start seeing an even bigger picture. So what are some of the ways that you see you guys growing in sort of this vision? Oh, I get asked that a lot. I know. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I like to tell people, you know, five to ten years from now, what I envision is a no woman, no girl distribution site in every county you mm-hmm. know, across North Carolina. You know, there's one in Raleigh. There's one in Durham. There's one in Chapel Hill. There's one in Fayetteville. There's one on the coast, right? Because I think eventually what I would like to see, again, thinking about policy, is, you know, our organization shouldn't exist, right? These are things, to me personally, that I feel um, should be free. They should be accessible to everyone. So in order truly for no woman and no girl, when we talk about North Carolina, that's what I envision kind of long term is us kind of having more of a city approach and kind of going through the different counties and making sure that uh, women and families have access to essentials. Because when you're doing it here, you can kind of build this playbook that then you can plug and play. Yep. Would you ever expand outside of North Carolina? Ooh, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm just like, tell me. (laughs) Yes, eventually, right? Like, truly, you know, no woman and no girl, right? You know, people ask me all the time, have you thought about globally? You know, period poverty in in India is like, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It is insane. But again, you know, I really kind of want to focus here Mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of grow. So that way when we do expand and we, you know, do have those resources that it's clear that, you know, structures are, you know, in place. That's smart. Yes. Now, a lot of the women in the organization with Women's Social Club, one of the things I love is that everyone has a very unique set of Mm -hmm. gifts and talents and perspectives and They've been able to get involved in a lot of different ways. And I know yeah. that our listeners would love to hear more, yeah. both local and not local. Yeah. How are ways that people can get involved with you guys? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I definitely have to shout out a couple of your chapter clubs. Yes. <laughs> uh, one in particular, Sarah Valeri yes. with Hello Clutter. Oh, my God. Sarah has, without Sarah, we would not exist. Hello Clutter is an organizing business and Sarah has organized all of our product in our distribution site. That is the only way we can function in 300 square feet. She does our labels, containers. She comes, you know, every other week. I mean, she is, she's amazing. Another is uh, Devin Voorhees. Yes. Uh, She works on our website. She's making sure our branding standards are in place. Lynn with back to the to the yes. bling south Lynn. I mean, they are just amazing. So if you're listening to this um, and you're like, hey, how do I can I how can I use my gifts in my business to give back to this charity? I would say we welcome it all. You know, we welcome whatever kind of business that you have. Uh, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. I'm sure that there are ways to get involved. Ultimately, I think a lot of your members have also become volunteers. Yes. So these three ladies that I mentioned are not just volunteering through their talent, but they're also volunteering through their time. 
So we always need help. Um, right now, I think we have about uh, 200 volunteers in our database, which is excellent, um, but we need more. Um, yeah. and so that's always a good way for people to give back. I know that you guys have other chapters in other states. Um, yes. We do have an Amazon account. Oh. Uh, yeah. So we have a shopping list on Amazon. So if you're not able to host a drive here locally, you can get on Amazon on our wish list. Um, we have an Amazon Smile account, I think yes. is what you call yes. it. Yes. And all you can do is just plug it in and they ship it right to our distribution site. That's amazing. Yeah. That makes yeah. it so easy. Mm -hmm. And then if you are wondering, just to get an idea of what these everyday essential items are, on the No Woman, No Girl website, it lists out everything. And it'll list, like, what they're in most need yeah. of first. But it's everything. It's mm -hmm. really everything you use on a daily basis yep. times things that you don't even think about that mm -hmm. you need. Is there anything that, you know, if someone's listening, they feel a purpose or a calling that, yeah. that they have been thinking about, what would you say to like taking that first step and yeah. being brave? Yeah, I would say do it. I had no idea. And some, and some days I still like, what am I doing? <laughs> right? like, Every day. Like people are always like, oh my gosh, you're gonna, you doing? I'm like, <laughs> girl, you really <laughs> like, you know, because I feel like sometimes I'm just in the wind. Like I'm just, you know, on autopilot. I'm like, what am I doing? But I tell anybody, you just do it. You know, I, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect, but there are people in our community that need us. There are people, you know, like you who decided, hey, I'm going to start this group. And here we are. And you just thank you, Hannah, for all that you're doing. Um, well, I think it's community. cool when you use something that you've been through personally yeah. and you are solving your problem. I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurship starts, yeah. right? It's not coming from a place of like, ooh, how can I build this business to make myself money? Correct. It's like you're building something based on a need that you need. Yes. Or have needed at some point in your yes. life. And I always tell people, because people are like, Shanetta, you're an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I want to be real clear that for two years, I didn't get a dime. So I want to be real clear. Yes. Um, I am not an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, again, I just had a, uh, I, I'm a problem solver. So I saw a problem and, I, and I'm trying to solve it. That's amazing. Yeah. So for everyone listening, is there anything that, you know, we didn't share today that you would like for people to know yeah. about you, the organization, how they can be involved, anything like that? Yeah, one thing um, that we didn't talk about was our girls program. Yes, let's um, jump into that. Yeah, our girls program has taken off. You know, when we first started, again, I wanted to focus on mission, making sure it was clear. And then I said, you know what, how do we begin educating our young girls in high school about their bodies, awareness about this issue? And so... Um, this year, this summer, actually, we will have our first girls summer institute. We will be taking 10 high school aged girls for three days. They'll be with us for three days. We will explore Raleigh. We will serve. They will build relationships with one another. It's going to be amazing. They will graduate. They will become kind of like our girls alumni. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we also have a girls club right here in Raleigh at Green Level High School where we have about 35 young ladies who have just ran with this. And uh, when I go, it brings tears to my eyes to see these young women in high school 
you know, back in the day, I don't know about you, but back in the day, talking about your period was like taboo. It yeah. was like. Not like, that oh, long ago, know. actually. But now they're like, yeah, I mean, they're yes. <laughs> like, you know, so, um, you know, they're in their school, they're hosting drives, they're telling people about this issue. And I'm just excited because one thing that I've realized in research and doing this work is young girls who are educated become adult women who are healthy. And those women can then tell their young children and other girls in their community about how to take care of their bodies. It truly does change the cycle when you Mm -hmm. start with children because they create a whole new mindset around it and they don't know anything different from that. So there's no unlearning or deprogramming or building yourself back up that has to happen. And it really does create this confidence in yourself. I know Growing up, like, in the South, just anything having to do with your body was very taboo. (laughs) And, like, you know, everything was private. I mean, within the last even five years, and I'm 41, so five years ago, I was, like, not young. I'm only now learning stuff about my body as a woman. And it has changed everything. Yeah. It's changed, like... Oh, that makes sense. Like, I understand why I'm feeling that way. It's so empowering. And so for me, I'm learning from this younger generation yeah. even how to, like, embrace confidence yeah. in talking about that and stuff. And it's, it's still a work in progress, right? Yeah. Like, I still go to meetings sometimes and with the executives and chiefs. And one of the questions I always like to ask is, you know, who's on your period today? Yeah. And people are like, oh, dear. I, I cannot believe she asked that. Right? <laughs> uh, but by the end, you know, of my presentation, it's like women particularly have this aha moment of like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Well, I applaud you and everything that you've done. I mean, this is real, real life changing work because. It's generational trauma mm-hmm. that you are having a direct effect on in ending that. I'm so excited to have you as a member of our community yeah. and being such a support system for us. Yeah. And I'm so excited to hear that the members have been such a yeah. support system and continue to be long after. It's amazing. Thank it's been you like for two coming. Years. Yes. <laughs> and thank you again, Hannah. Thank you so much to Shernetta Harrell, who you can find at nowomannogirl.org. And I challenge you to find a way to support women and girls who need our help. And a few ways to follow Women's Social Club. One, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And two, you can visit thewomensocialclub.co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, please let us know. And third, follow us on social media where you'll find clips of this podcast as well as Women's Social Club's events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. This podcast is edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and on behalf of everyone at The Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.